0: Hey friends, I couldn't be more excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today and honestly have no idea what way it's going to go. Should be interesting. Drew and I might see very differently on this particular topic.
1: I'm pretty sure we do.
0: (laughs) And maybe you see very differently than we do. I don't know. It might be interesting to hear what you all think about what we talk about. But the theme of today's call is technology will not save us. Hey friends.
1: Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead.
0: We go back to basics in all things family, faith and farming and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle.
1: We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too.
0: All right, so if you believe that we're all just waiting for the right technology to come down the pipeline and figure everything out and make everything fall into place and heal the world, fix the world, then this might not be the podcast for you in general, but also this particular episode. (laughs) What if
1: you're like somewhere in the middle?
0: Then you're still wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I think I've been in the middle for a long time about, you know, like, we're brilliant, right? We're so smart. Why can't we, we use our smarts to make stuff that makes the world better? And I don't think that hasn't happened. I just think we've become so reliant on that idea that we've stopped to turn around, look around and see what's already here has been doing exactly what we need to do since before we got involved. So I don't know, that's, that's where I'm at now. But we wanted to break that down a little bit and talk about some, it, I feel like it could be controversial, Right. <laughs> and it certainly involves a lot of like reevaluating a lot of the modern conveniences that we take for granted. But but yeah, I think that it's time to do that. We're kind of in this awakening period that everybody keeps talking about and I feel like everything should be on the table. What right. what do we need to reevaluate?
1: So, this is like kind of a return to naturalism?
0: Is yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I've coined a phrase yet. I need to work on it. Yeah. Maybe somebody has that I just haven't read that book. But as of right now, this is all just kind of something I've been pondering on for the last you know, few years, in particular, like 2020 to 2021, as the pandemic erupted and everybody said, okay, we got to save ourselves from this. And what technology is going to save us? Maybe it's a mask. Maybe it's a vaccine. Maybe it's a Zoom, right? Like, Zoom
1: is not going to save us. (laughs) Zoom is going to be the end of us.
0: Maybe so. I just got off a Zoom call. So it seemed pretty productive. Right? Yeah, no, I know. I mean, so that's on the table too. Like, is that, is the internet better for us or worse for us? I mean, is our batteries a good thing? Is the radio a good thing? I mean, we could go back real far in terms of technology.
1: Yeah. And And if you got an opinion on this, like right now, lacey at (laughs) theschoolhouselife.com. Email her and tell her she's nuts or she's not.
0: Oh, my but, gosh.
1: Yeah, definitely. We or join hear. in the conversation yeah, in our joining, group.
0: I would love to hear your thoughts yeah. and, and have some some comical banter. I'm not like religious about this. I do think, yeah. I fundamentally think it's true, but I also, you know, I'm, so. I'm open. I'm
1: open. <laughs> A non-religious fundamentalist That's is right. what you're saying. Yeah, yep, okay. exactly. <laughs> um, so technology will not save us. What is technology? Let's go ahead and define that.
0: Well, I think anything man-made that is meant to do a job, like...
1: So hammers.
0: Yeah, hammers. (laughs)
1: Life would be better without hammers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should have looked (laughs) up the actual definition. I for sure think nowadays technology means more along the lines of, like, enhancing in a mechanized way that would sort of separate the person from the actual activity. So, you know... (laughs)
1: Yeah, you can have to explain that more.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, so a hammer a human has to actually connect with, right? You connect with a hammer, you hold the hammer, you swing the hammer. You are making, even though it's not your finger on the nail, it's your, you feel the vibration of that.
1: Okay. So maybe non tangible technologies
0: yeah like taking it's like steps removed and i think that the problem with technology is it's making it's taking all these steps of removal over and over and over again to where like now it's exponential so the hammer seemed great because it was just one little tool right but now technology is like instead of needing a hammer at all you call up amazon and order whatever product you need and it's there in two days
1: and they, they hammer it for you. Potentially. And then, and then bring yeah. it to Somebody you.
0: overseas has hammered it, and now you don't do any hammering because you just don't even need the hammer anymore. Yeah. They, okay. So I don't know. That's a like. <laughs> big picture imagery. But I think, you know, like even thinking about things like batteries, right? We we have this like, it also requires energy. So a lot of times with technology, I think it's a matter of like harnessing energy is like the goal. And it requires energy input. So whether that's a human energy input or that's a petroleum-based product energy input or solar energy input or what have you, there's always like an energy input. And I think that the problem with technology is it's made it possible for us to separate from nature in a really like painful way that if we could go back to nature and look at it from like the ground up again maybe we could get it right the, the second time around but the first time i feel like we've just made a lot of like inerrant foundational issues become more and more entrenched and now it's making the whole thing fall apart
1: yeah i mean i, I think energy flow is a good topic. I mean, I always love energy flow in the Mm. agricultural sense, you know, like, and I I think when we separate ourselves from the natural energy flow, that's when things start going wrong. Mm. Like I heard someone, this book I've been listening to that's just phenomenal. It's my new like favorite book ever is Braiding Sweetgrass. And she was talking about The energy required to boil down maple syrup at this university, they actually clean up the woods, thin back the woods, and when they do, they cut down trees, um, maple trees, and they use those maple trees to create the fire that then releases that energy to boil down the syrup Mm. from the energy tree from the other trees that are remaining. Mm -hmm. So it's like this, to me, that's like a perfect example of how we could harness energy in like a sustainable way mm. because as they thin the woods the maple trees that are left are you know getting healthier are able to photosynthesize more create more syrup mm-hmm. and not like on a like you know large scale like how much possible syrup can we make this tree make but mm-hmm. just in a healthy way mm. But, you know, it's like this whole cycle of
0: So there's that energy. word, cycle, which I feel yeah. like we come back to a lot. And we've talked about this with time. We've talked about it with other things as well. And the word sustainable, I feel like, is a catchphrase. And I really feel like cyclical is a better word or even respect respectful. Because I think what happens with or the tech… Or honorable. Honorable, maybe. Yeah. So we look at technology now and it's very linear in terms of how the energy is used. And it could be like a resource, like looking at your cell phone, right? Like how many different resources are in our phones that we don't even actually have access to? We only have access to because we're raping the lands of other people, right? Like that's, there's, you know, whatever those things are in our phones that we need to make computer chips. Like the
1: precious metals and things. Right.
0: Those are things that we don't actually even have access to, nor do we really have the right to have access to those things. And- it's very linear because you have this tool in your hand that does this thing for you and eventually it dies and is totally useless. <laughs> you know, can it be recycled? And you just trade, Maybe, it, in, it? Yeah. You trade
1: it in for a $500 credit on another one. And and on
0: another one and it, the world keeps it. spinning and yeah. you never even know where that resource came from. Right. And I think that linear exp- expenditure of energy is pretty traditional in in the way we live now, but it's not traditional in a lot of other cultures. And I think that there's just a – I think that's the awakening that I see happening is people want to know, okay, what does it take for me to actually live? What is actually required for me to live? And I think when we start looking at things differently, when we start looking at technologies differently – and, you know, the tools that we use on a regular basis, we start to realize how capable we are and how much abundance there is. So, you know, yesterday we were spending the day harvesting acorns and, you know, it, it took a long time to gather the acorns and then it's going to take even longer for us to process those acorns. And then I was thinking to myself, okay, I don't have somewhere else to be right now, but a lot of people have jobs and things that they have to do like kind of more pressingly than I get to build my life around that, Sitting Process, on the ground, picking yeah.
1: acorns off the ground.
0: Fortunately for me, I get to do that. But then at the same time, I think back 100 years ago, and that's what people did for a living. They individually went to acorn trees and har- harvested their acorns and spent their day doing that, not going to an office so then they could get groceries on the way home. You know, like there's a...
1: I think the difference is though. like I'm sitting there picking up acorns thinking there's got to be a better way to do this.
0: <laughs> right. And that's, so there we go. Like we're back <laughs> yeah. to that cycle. Like, okay, so what's an honorable way... To harvest acorns so that we can tap into the abundance they offer in a in a like time efficient way, maybe that doesn't make us spend more energy harvesting them than we would actually get from eating them.
1: Right. Yeah. So
0: I do think there's a balance and like an ebb and flow for sure, but I do think that what we've we've learned to do in mono ma, mono culture or agriculture is to take a lot a lot of energy that is then. I mean the government then subsidizes that energy right and so in these in order to serve the masses we think we have to put in so much input at these giant tractors that are in no way sustainable for anyone on a small scale and then you move on to like just growing one type of animal or vegetable in one particular area for a really long period of time and what that does to the soil like there's just no cyclical pattern there it's completely linear, linear. yeah
1: it's funny because I, i've been sitting with this quote that i read from Eustace Conway where he talked about everything in modern day life right now is a square or a rectangle. Mm-hmm. Everything in nature is generally a circle. Mm-hmm. And he was just saying like how far removed we've gotten. Like you sleep in a square box mm-hmm. on a square bed with a square alarm clock. And rectangular
0: you, pillow. Yeah,
1: rectangular <laughs> pillow. You watch a TV that's square, you know, you get in your square car and drive to your yeah. rectangular like Everything. And I've just been really, like, so I was laying out some paddocks for some new animals that we're going to be getting. And I was like, yeah, I always lay out the paddocks in a square because <laughs> that's just, I don't know. That's, for me... Geometrically
0: it, makes no yeah, sense. Yeah,
1: geometrically, it. yeah. But then I was like, you know what, I'm going to lay this one out like a circle or a <laughs> oval because... I don't know what magic happens when the animals are not in a square, you know? I mean, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that yet. But
0: Well, I'm thinking about how animals thrive. Like if animals build their homes, it's always a cave or a nest or something round, a cocoon, something that's like a hug, you know, like something right. that's enveloping you in this different way. And, you know, not that there's anything wrong with squares, but it is like a device of humanity, not a like,
1: Isn't there like a Waldorf? Style of so in
0: Waldorf there is like if you if you wanted the perfect room according to Steiner you would want to have rounded corners and even rounded ceiling and really make it like this like a cocoon really like a a dome uh, to live in because that kind of space energetically just. Enwraps the human in a much more natural way. Yeah. So I I love that idea. We don't have a round room, but maybe eventually. Next up. But you know, if a kid builds a cave or a fort, they always, it's always more of a dome. Shape and more like a circle bed in the middle, and so I think it's interesting that our natural tendency tends to ignore technology and do what seems more natural, right? Like what was more according to nature. But yeah, I yeah,
1: I guess the farther removed you get from nature, yeah. The more the circle becomes a square. More the circle becomes a square. Just something to think about. It
0: is. And interestingly enough, I think Eustace is another good example here because he has this amazing little village that he's carved out of the woods, right? Like he doesn't have any power tools. He may have used them at some time. I don't know what his rules are in terms of technology. But the inputs are largely all um, non-gas powered things. In fact, he even has a lumber mill that is fueled only by the rushing waters of the stream on his property, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really good example of how we can be intelligent and wise and honorable in how we use resources and how we spend energy um, because that has literally almost no effect whatsoever on the landscape or on clearly no carbon monoxide or carbon release, right? Like this is just a, a... a natural way to harness the energy that's there and make something out of it. So I think that we have a tendency to think that we're we're at war with nature, right? We've talked about this before. Yeah. So how can we conquer it? How can we do things in a way that makes it so it's easier and simpler and more convenient instead of, wow, look at what we can do with what's already powerful and effective?
1: Yeah. And I think like another thing that I've been pondering as gas prices just seem to be going headed up and not coming down anytime soon. It's like, as we're designing our homesteads, how can we design our homesteads to work with nature also? Oh. You know, like, how can... And we've been pretty intentional from the beginning of this. One, because we just couldn't justify the expense, I think, of a tractor. Mm-hmm. There's been times where I've wanted to use one, and, you know, I know things could go faster, but when you... Slow down technology, because mm-hmm. I still argue that it, like a shovel is technology, but it's just not moving as quickly as like a tractor. Your actions in what you do are far more intentional.
0: Oh, right. You in, think in, about yeah. every swing. Yeah. Right,
1: and then you know you start to think, is this really worth it? And,
0: you <laughs> is know, but it's there's, the right place, yeah. is the sun hitting it the right way. Yeah, do yeah. I really
1: want to do this? You right. know, like where you come in with like a backhoe and be done with it, and then realize, hey, maybe I actually didn't want to do that. Right, so. I do think there's a time and a place for it, but I, I, I guess... I Ben
0: Fox says soil to oil. And, and in one way, yeah. I can see like, yeah, especially if you're setting up an infrastructure and especially if there's like a huge recovery that has to happen from years of trampling and demise because of human like overuse or misuse. Yeah. So I do think there are some ways you can use those tools for for healing. But I,
1: I think so too. I guess like another example is like right now we have like six acres of woods that we want to turn into pasture. Mm-hmm. And our immediate thought was let's just have a forestry mulcher come in and mulch Mm -hmm. those six acres. But the reality is that's like almost Mm $12,000. And we just like, that's not how we want to spend our money. So if we had an extra $12,000. So we've really slowed it down to, okay, let's look at the natural process, Mm -hmm. you know, of bringing pigs in and then smaller herbivores and larger herbivores and, you know, slowly cutting back the woods and maybe using the wood that we use to make mushroom logs and, you know, like this whole like kind of natural process. I think that fundamentally, as I'm saying that, what happens is technology is an an effort for man to rush because, Mm. you know, it's going to take us years to get those woods into the pasture that we want, Mm -hmm. where if we brought in a forestry mulcher, you know, probably two years and we would have the pasture we want, Mm -hmm. where we're looking at like five to seven years. Mm -hmm. But so, I mean, I guess it's maybe man's effort to, you know, again, save time.
0: and Which is also energy. I mean, I energy, think it's yeah. one of those you things. You trade
1: which... time for energy.
0: But so, also, energy time, for time does a lot of the work that we are trying to just speed along, right? Like, Time develops beautiful grasses. If we just let let the land lie, eventually time will take care of everything, right? And any wound on the earth, any issue that you're having, eventually time will work that out. But if we as humans want to harness time, we then apply technology. You know, it's like true. We could walk to town and get our groceries. But, right. you know, that would take all day, right? Like right. that doesn't really make sense time-wise. But it There just, might you know, come a
1: time where it does. It might.
0: It you might. Know, <laughs> Yeah. We'll see how everything plays out, right? But the other thing, I mean, I think that we have a tendency to want to push push out our understanding. And I think that's human nature to be like, you know what? Somebody did this already. They already made this decision. I don't need to think about it anymore. Or – You know, somebody says, this is good, this is better, and we don't stop and say, is it though? Like, for one really good example, I feel like, and and no judgment on you if you have, you know, an electric car. I feel like they've definitely packaged that to be the best option, ecologically speaking. But my argument is always, you know, you spend the same amount of energy in running your car as, you know, your electric car as you do a small gas car, right? Like, they take about the same amount of horsepower or whatever to drive on the road. And the real own difference is you're taking this energy from an outlet instead of a gas pump. But the where does the outlet get that energy from, right. Yeah. right? It's still taking energy from most likely a coal power plant, which are still the dominant way that we get energy in the United States. You know, why aren't we using more hydroelectric? And can we do that in a way that's less less of a... A bad outcome on the earth itself or on the ecology. I think there's just so many ways that we can do things more efficiently and not just quote unquote, like, I don't know, smarter. I don't know. I feel like there's just a, there's like, we have to evaluate things by more than just one standard. Like, does it use less gas? Yes. But is it using more electricity? Well, then that's a problem. Or is it using more? Uh, of these other resources, these other technological devices, like these minerals that are in mines only in the depths of the Kenyan rainforest or right. wherever. You know, I mean, I think we have to be really careful about the choices we make and not leave that up to someone else. And I think one really good example, and maybe we'll do a whole podcast on this, is, is Amazon and our addiction to conveniently getting packages delivered quickly. I think that what we don't realize is how powerful an impact that is and how all of that is technology the ability of a company to first have all of that product and then be able to ship it within that short period of time whether it's an hour to 2 days or whatever all of that requires some amount of technology and that technology is a lot of times trying to eliminate the need for human input and even if that was the only side effect, that's a really huge, powerful Is it the issue. technology
1: that's trying to or man?
0: Man's use of technology, right? So like, we're getting and I do close think to like Skynet. We are like because like, I do think that at some point the technology will say, and this is happening at Amazon, the technology will say this is not efficient. Like this human is not efficient. They must be fired. We need to hire someone else. Oh, they else. do.
1: They do have that. Yeah. Right.
0: So the technology now there is defining what makes sense as a business like decision, which ultimately I think gets rid of humans at all, because the truth is humans are are errors and living packages. That's right? what I was
1: thinking is uh, Marvel when the like they tell oh it, right it Vision like we need to.
0: I didn't love Marvel, but I do, do love. We Wanda need and we need <laughs>
1: we need world peace, and he's like okay, and like little did they know like the solution to world peace was
0: kill all the kill humans. all the
1: humans, and then yeah. there would be world peace. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, no, I think that's something that we are like. We are deciding our own demise by choosing a more convenient and technological savvy lifestyle. And I'm saying this for me as much as anyone. We make we've made some changes and consistently I'm trying to reevaluate, like, yeah, you know, I thought for my business I have to have a cell phone that can I can work on. So when I'm driving the kids around, I can work on my phone. But you know, is there another choice? Potentially there is. And I think that, you know, I'm gonna continue to challenge myself to make better choices. Cause the truth is if we want to save ourselves, I think we're gonna have to shed a lot of the technology that we become so entrenched
1: in. Well I think I think for me what this year of release, the Shemitah year that we've talked about, if you haven't if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to that episode why why we're quitting homesteading for a year. But I think Shemitah essentially means release. Mm-hmm. And I think this year of release is that's what I'm seeing already. And we're just what, like two months in? If that it, yeah, month is, maybe is that we're really Already, like, by opening up the idea of releasing, Mm -hmm. we're starting to see other things that perhaps we can also release.
0: Mm. So it's
1: a... I don't know. I'm excited to see what happens after a year of doing this, but yeah, we
0: maybe we'll just go back to everything we've right? done. Right? We might normal. just
1: be like, yeah, who knows?
0: <laughs> well, I did yeah. want to leave on like a note with hopefulness because I yeah, feel like please. there's so much doom and gloom out there, and I think this can be a little this this thought can be a little oppressive because then you start feeling guilty all the time, and it's not that's not my goal is to make anyone feel guilty. It's to make Everyone, you know, me included, think a little bit more deeply about the choices that we're making. And we are making choices that, you know, like we – just because we made a choice once and now we're doing it doesn't mean we can't change that choice and do it differently, right? And I think that that openness is where you can can discover some pretty powerful things for yourself. But so what – if technology won't save us, (laughs) um, what will? So I wrote down a few things, and maybe you can think of a few things. Maybe Drew will add to those lists. But less stuff, I thought for sure, is one of the, the number one ways that we can save ourselves. Yeah. And that for me is an issue like to, over the years I've noticed myself being less and less drawn to like shopping trips. Like I'm just less interested in going shopping. Because the truth is, if I need something, I know it from home. I don't need to go to the store to find out what it is, right?
1: I, I mean, that's been my thought from Yeah, years. sure. <laughs> right? You never
0: spend any money recklessly. <laughs> that I'm laughing. Just don't mm. take me to Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all have our different stores that can be problematic. He wasn't super thrilled when I said we were quitting Amazon. But
1: no. That, yeah. We've saved a lot of money
0: in doing that. We have, yeah. um, So stuff in general, I think, clogs up our lives and our ability to make good choices. Dependence on somebody else to do things for us in a lot of ways, dependence, whether it's on the grocery store or or maybe the school system or the government in one way or another. I think dependence is, is a tricky one because there actually is a time for it. And I'll talk about that in a second. But dissatisfaction, less dissatisfaction. And I think this is tricky because we live in an age where we're so plugged in and technologically, like in the world that doesn't really even exist that We we feel very dissatisfied. So I think this is like a very a deep conversation, psychological conversation to have. But I see people struggling with depression, anxiety, all of these different kind of emotional issues. And I think it's all a response to not having that deep rooted connection with nature and community. So, and physical activity, like not just like running and exercise, but like creating something with their own two hands mm. and that, that's tangible and real. So dissatisfaction, I think is something that we need to quell, and we need to do that by honestly, dis, disassociating with technology. <laughs> I feel like is a huge piece of that. Less independence. So, this is funny because I said dependence already, but independence I think is a huge factor. And we leave these isolated lives separate from our community in so many ways. We can live, and I think 2020 for certain proves this. And some people are still living this way. I mean, I hear about people kind of regularly that still have not unquarantined themselves from the original quarantine time, and they're still ordering all their food to come to their door so they don't go to the grocery store, they don't leave their house, they work from home. They're completely isolated still, and they feel like that's, you know, safer. And I just don't think that's how we're meant to live, you know.
1: No. I think we're we're beings that need to be around other people.
0: We're also beings that need to be needed. Right. So I think that's another thing that I think is so crucial right now, that we're so busy putting our needs into, you know, like finding a class online to take or finding, you know, the resources we need somewhere outside of our own community. And that that can be really just dangerous, I think, because that neededness is something that, that we, I think, keep trying to forego because we don't want to have so many responsibilities and we want to be free and we want to be quote-unquote independent, but we really do need to be needed, and we also need to need other people and be able to ask for that support and get it from the the, the local actual people that we know. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I heard someone say, you know, like the like interacting with your local community, your local community is dealing with the same issues, you know, whether it's like a storm or Mm. heat or, you know, like, I don't know, traffic or whatever, but like your local community is dealing on the same level, like physically and spiritually that you are. So connecting and interacting at that local level Mm -hmm. has a different kind of connection more than just physical, you know, than if you're getting on Zoom and taking Zoom classes. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's people that we work with that are far away and I really love working with them.
0: Oh, the resources. Zoom has been incredible. Yeah. yeah, So there
1: there is an element to that. But, you know, when we have these community markets and these people come out in person and, you know, I, I know like the first one, there were people that were like, I haven't left my house since, yeah. you know, the lockdown. This is the first thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that kind of like being able to be there for those kind of people is also extremely powerful.
0: Yeah. And then I did put less government on here because I do feel like, you know, there. That's maybe just my, like, American spirit rising up that, you know, this is how I was raised, that, you know, less government is better and the more more rules, more laws, more mandates, more, you know, people telling us what to do isn't what we need. That's not the solution that we need. What we need is a community to be responsible for and with, and that is what will lead us to, like, you know, having – Everything that we need taken care of, if our local communities are connected more powerfully, then what need is there for government? You know, like it's just yeah, and and it's minimal. I mean, I don't think let's get rid of it altogether, but I do think that there is space. Within. It's like
1: uh, Ben Shapiro says, is like like a plumber. Like they show <laughs> up when you you call. They show up when you call them. They fix the problem and then they leave. Like yeah, that that's what we want with government.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then what do we need more of? We need more nature and we need more community. And I think that. Those two things alone. And and when I say nature, I mean we need more connection with the actual physical earth. And I mean that like phys- physically, literally like understanding nature, understanding how to grow, how to participate in the cycles that are larger than any technology. Because the truth is you could invent the best technology ever, but you leave it out in a storm and it's gone for good. You know what I mean? Like, or you drop it in the ocean and the ocean is more powerful than that technology. Sure. Um, so – Anyways, those are our thoughts on technology. I don't know where you <laughs> land now. Maybe you're convinced. Maybe you're not. But send I would, a, send
1: an email to Lacey I would <laughs>
0: encourage you not to dig your heels in and when you, in any one particular side of the conversation. Um, but just be open and curious about it because I think that, you know, there's a lot to learn about stepping away from technology as much as there is about embracing it. So So, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. Hey there, friends. So you have just listened to one of my favorite ever podcasts, where Drew and I get to rattle your ear off and hopefully get you thinking. But we would love if you would actually take a minute and subscribe so that you will get notifications about our new episodes. We have some more really fun conversations coming up that we can't wait to share thoughts and strategies and ideas for you to make the most of your life on the homestead with homeschooling, all of the things. And yeah, just subscribe. Don't you don't want to miss this. We'll talk later.